go ahead and buy that domain, create that Instagram profile, do what, open that Etsy shop, whatever it is, but don't think that you have to make a sale or book a client on day one. Just put yourself out there. The hardest part is getting over that, that vulnerability or not getting over it, but just going into it and knowing it's okay to feel uncomfortable. But if you have that added stress on top of you of, oh, well, I also need to make a sale. Otherwise I'm not good at this. um, That's not helpful. And you're you're sure to just kind of collapse, you know, along the way, your business as well. So I would say, you know, make that profile or that portfolio and just start putting yourself out there. And this is something I'm doing. You know, this is the painting I recently made, or this, these are the paints I bought, or this is the quilt I made. Um, and just putting it out there without a goal of having a sale tied to it. I think that's, that's the best advice I would give is just to get comfortable with that uncomfortableness of being new and raw and vulnerable. And then over time, you'll perfect your skills as you practice more, and then you'll feel more confident and ready to start making sales or booking clients. We often hear people wishing us a long, happy and healthy life. But what if the length isn't what matters most? What if instead, it's the breath, depth and purpose of each day that matters most? Welcome to the Live the Width of Your Life podcast. My name is Annette Ardellian Kuzma, and join me weekly as I interview guests who made changes in their own lives to live more fully with intention, gratitude, and joy. Be prepared to be inspired by their stories of how they shifted their mindset, took courageous action, and designed the life that they always wanted to live. Today's guest is Brenna Rudery. Brenna is the owner and artist behind Brenna Claire Calligraphy which provides luxury and bespoke calligraphy for brands, corporations, and events. By day, Brenna works in marketing, helping lead social activities and strategies for KeyBank. And outside of her nine to five, she is building her thriving calligraphy business and working with brands such as Tiffany & Company, Spotify, and Louis Vuitton. In addition to her role as marketer and calligrapher, Brenna is also known as Mama to Mackenzie into a little one on the way. Together with her husband, Brian, they are raising their family in Shaker Heights, and they spend as much time as they can outdoors exploring Cleveland. Welcome, Brenna, to the show. Hi, Brenna. Thanks so much for joining today. Thank you for having me, Anita. I'm very excited. I'm so excited to have you on here. And um, I have been following your amazing journey uh, on Instagram. So I'm so excited to kind of catch mm-hmm. up since we used to work together and, mm-hmm. uh, and see each other on a regular basis, which is great. And then now, you know, one of the benefits of social media is, especially during the pandemic, has been able to keep up with people and to see what they've been doing um, when we couldn't actually see each other in person. Mm-hmm. So for those that don't know you, share a little bit more about you and also um, a little bit more about um, your calligraphy business. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so my name is Brenna Ruderi. I am a calligrapher. Uh, so I have my business is Brenna Claire Calligraphy. I work primarily with uh, weddings and uh, wedding related events, but I also have recently expanded to working with luxury brands, which is really exciting. I'm sure we'll get into this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but that is, um, just one part of my, my story. The other part is I still work, uh, full time in the corporate world. And it's funny when I tell people I I went to school for commercial photo, 
photography and psychology. And ever since college, I've been working in the financial space. So I don't really know how those added up, but (laughs) here I am. Um, so yeah, I, I work in marketing for KeyBank and, um, I've been there for almost seven years now. Um, but I, I, my love for creativity and art still runs deep. And so it's been really great to be able to express that with my business. Um, that has been, geez, I think it's about like six years now since I launched and, um, yeah. And, and on top of all of that, I'm also a mom and, uh, we are expecting another baby in March. So we're very excited, my husband and I, um, to, to kind of welcome this new chapter into our life. Oh, so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. And, um, I watch your Instagram posts mm-hmm. and your videos. And so one, I do want to talk about what you've done with your calligraphy business, because mm-hmm. I remember years ago when we first talked, you were doing uh, wedding invitations and mm-hmm. you were focusing in on the wedding space. And um, and now I've seen you do things for Tiffany mm-hmm. and um, some other brands. And so I want you to share sort of the evolution of how you were able to take something that um, I like, I don't even know how you got into calligraphy. So maybe share yeah. how you got into calligraphy and then how did you evolve it from what you were doing initially to what you're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. So when I got engaged, I am very type A and I knew that I wanted <laughs> to do all of the decor and design myself. And that yeah. also included the invitations and the signage. So I took a calligraphy class and then I just realized I could learn so much online through YouTube. So I taught myself and after my wedding, when it was all done, I realized, wow, I really liked doing that. It really like set my soul on fire. And I I started this new skill that I realized I was very good at and I didn't want to just stop at my wedding. And so um, I also loved planning my wedding. I just love love stories and celebrating that. So it was a really seamless fit for me to start my business and still be involved into the wedding space. And I was very lucky to work with a lot of great stationers and wedding planners in the area that would hire me to do the envelope calligraphy, mostly envelope calligraphy. And then that also went to like seating charts and welcome signs Mm -hmm. and things like that. And then I would say, oh, right before the pandemic, um, I started realizing, wow, there's this need for calligraphers and artists uh, to be on site and in stores with brands like Tiffany um, to do calligraphy. And I didn't know of anyone in the Cleveland area doing that. Mm -hmm. I follow some calligraphers that are in more of like the fashion capital areas of the world. So I would see them doing this all the time, every weekend, multiple jobs. And I just thought, wow, that looks fun. Like that's my next chapter. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, you know, I would start push putting myself out there as a brand calligrapher. Um, and my first job was with Louis Vuitton and that was really, really exciting. Um, and so it's kind of <laughs> snowballed from there. Um, it's great. It's great people watching and it's great window shopping. I like always have this little mental shopping list in my head when I do these jobs, maybe one day, but Oh my gosh. Well, I don't know if they pay you in goods or if they, how they pay you, but I'm sure you can negotiate. Right. (laughs) And how, I mean, how cool to say my first luxury brand was doing stuff for Louis Vuitton. Yes. Um, 
Oh my gosh. But then once you did that, did that open up um, the opportunity to work with Tiffany and some of the other brands that you are locally, yeah. you're currently working with? Mm -hmm. Um, not necessarily. So I was able to add it to my portfolio and I was able to say I work with this brand. Um, mm -hmm. But that I really do think was uh, sheer luck that uh, that they reached out to me. And I knew mm -hmm. I can't just wait for other similar brands to reach out to me. Sure. So I one day um, put together all this marketing material and I went to Tiffany's. I went to a few other brands in the area and I just remember being so nervous and I just thought I have to do this. Like I have to put myself out there. Yeah. And so I went into these businesses and said, hi, can I, you know, is there someone here that's in charge of events where the manager I can um, just yeah. introduce myself to and just said, hey, you know, I'm a local calligrapher. Um, here's some samples of my work. If you ever need um, a calligrapher or an on-site artist is usually what they'll, they'll refer to it as for any upcoming events. You know, here's my business card. That's how I got Tiffany's. And I'm very proud that I did that that day because Tiffany's is my favorite client that I love going there. The team is so kind to me. They're very welcoming. Um, I really feel at home there. I've been there, gosh, three or four times now um, in the past two years. So I, I really do um, think that having that courage to go out to those brands and yeah. introduce myself was very important. I actually have a few brands that I, I want to go out to within the next week or so. And I've been putting it off because I'm just like, Oh, I'm, I get nervous. <laughs> but then I remind myself, you know, wow, yeah. look what came from this because I did, you know, I, I did this once before. So yeah, oh, I, it was a lot of putting myself out there. Um, and truly like that phrase, you know, if you build it, they will come like you can't just sit there and wait. No, no, that's so true. So for those that maybe weren't, we don't have active imaginations, tell mm -hmm. us some of the things that you're able to, um, to do use calligraphy and also engraving. Cause I know you have yes. different tools as well. So tell us some of the things that you've been able to, to do with these brands and also mm -hmm. just on your own. Yeah. So um, a lot of the times it'll be around events like Mother's Day or holiday, uh, like Christmas shopping, things like that, where they are having a lot of people coming in to buy gifts for others. And so mm -hmm. they'll come to me up to my table and have a gift message or a gift card written out in this calligraphy style in this script. And it's truly an, an element of surprise and delight for these customers. And when you think mm -hmm. of luxury brands like Tiffany's or Louis Vuitton, those are people that they really don't need to have like additional marketing to make sure that they're coming back. Usually if you're someone who is loyal to Louis Vuitton, you're going to be coming back. You're a repeat customer, right? Same mm -hmm. thing with Tiffany's. So this um, opportunity to have an on-site artist or a calligrapher is a way for them to just feel like, wow, I've, I'm really being paid attention to from this brand that I am truly investing a lot of my money in. Um, yeah. That's what I hear from the clients when they come, you know, they're always like, oh, this is such a nice thing. Like, you know, how much does this cost? And I always say, oh, it's complimentary provided by the, the company, the brand. Yeah. And they're just like, this is this is amazing um, because it's it's a nice way. And it's usually it's on like a card stock that has Louis Vuitton's logo on it or Tiffany's oh, logo. Beautiful. So so they have something that's, you know, Happy Mother's Day and it's in a beautiful script with the logo on it. So it's a nice little addition to the gift that they're already purchasing from that brand. Oh my gosh. I love that. And um, so if someone, an individual wanted mm -hmm. to work with you yep. and in for 
special days in order mm-hmm. to do that. Like, how would they do that? Is, is there, what's the best way that people yeah. would be able to connect with you for um, maybe if I wanted to do something for Christmas, you know, for yeah. family? Yeah, absolutely. So I typically people just reach out to me through my website, fill out a contact form. Um, and then I'll just get an idea of what they're looking for. So recently, I did um, custom vows that um, a couple had written for each other. And so they just wanted it like, uh, personalized and, and framed into uh, uh, it was on handmade paper. And so they had a vision for it. I just helped them come, make it come mm-hmm. to life. Um, and so I love doing commissions like that and, and special just projects with one-on-one with someone. Oh my gosh. I love that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's so interesting because for a while we've heard of fast fashion and we're mm-hmm. all about convenience, but there's something so, um, so beautiful about taking the time to have a handwritten note or to have a very special message that goes along with the gift where that becomes a memento that you save for, Mm -hmm. you know, for forever. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that I I really think about my wedding clients and sometimes I'll, you know, you'll hear like, well, weddings, you know, that's like a one-time client because how many times is that person, you know, realistically going to get married again and hire you again. But, you know, they can hire me down the road to create something like having their vows written so that they can have that framed or, you know, once they start a family and they want something to commemorate that. So Mm -hmm. I I try to think of, you know, what are the different milestones in this person's life that can I can contribute to with my art? Oh my gosh. I love it. And also like, I think you did ornaments, right? Like Mm -hmm. you were able to do something like a, uh, ornaments for if maybe the first time someone purchases a home and they yep. or new families. So yep. um, you've actually got me thinking about different things <laughs> that uh, that would work out great yeah. just for people in my own life, because so many people have anything they want, right? In the material goods, it's not necessarily um, what really makes it anymore. It's, mm-hmm. it's those thoughtful, um, those thoughtful gestures that, um, that, that we do. So that's so exciting. And I love how you've been able to take your passion, your creativity to pour it into this business, but you do a lot of things. Like I think your creativity (laughs) is something that is a a part of your everyday life. Mm -hmm. So I see you quilting. I see you painting, (laughs) you know, tell us like, how have you been able to just cultivate your creativity always? And what are some of the other things that you like to do as a creative outlet? Yeah. So you mentioned quilting, which I laugh at because it's, I tell people I like to quilt and they, I think they picture like a very like old, like something their grandma made that's like hanging on a wall. (laughs) Um, But my, one of my best friend's mom, uh, who my neighbor growing up, she, she quilts. And so I grew up watching her quilt and I loved it. And I took a class in the summer in high school and, um, during the pandemic, when I wasn't having a lot of work and and not being able to be on site, I needed something to have another creative outlet. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, I started making masks um, to, to uh, donate to the hospitals when they were really in need of those. Um, and then once that kind of urge for those masks went away, I thought, okay, well, what's something else I can make? And I just thought, oh, you know, we're, we're at home right now. I just want to be snuggled up. And so quilts and I got back into quilting, but it's, it's really just anything that I can do to, to make something. Um, mm-hmm. And 
I'm not trying to make something to sell, you know, with my calligraphy business, that's one thing, but on on my other hobbies, my crafts, it's just something I can make to have a part of our home. You know, my, Mm -hmm. I love seeing my daughter wrapped up in the quilt that I've made for her. And, um, so yeah, quilting is one of my favorite hobbies to do. Um, but I just, I, I, always been a very creative person and I just have to always be making something and creating something. So even like baking, you know, um, so that helps me feel like I'm just my true self. Like, you know, if I can just spend five minutes a day doodling or calligraphy, Mm -hmm. or if I'm making, you know, cupcakes with my daughter, whatever, it just really fulfills me. And I feel like I can be the best version of myself because I'm really filling up that cup. And that's Mm -hmm. really important to me. I love that because, you know, working with coaching clients often, mm-hmm. um, it, we talk, I talk about creativity because I mm-hmm. agree it's such an important part of self-expression and many people either will say they're not creative. Mm-hmm. There's some negative self-talk around it, or they'll say, um, you know, I, I just, I, I can't do art or I'm not musically inclined. Like they're very limited in terms mm-hmm. of thinking about creative expression. So was this something that your family that like growing up, was this something that was, you were encouraged to be creative mm-hmm. and how did you manage to continue to do it? Even though working, running mm-hmm. a business, being a mom, you know, yep. all of the other things that, that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely encouraged growing up. My uh, grandmother on my father's side was was an artist and developed this um, passion for art later in life. And I truly think that I get that gene from her. Um, But I was always encouraged. Uh, We have a lot of musical talent in my family as well. So we're very creative, artistic uh, people where we like to express ourselves with these different Mm -hmm. platforms. And then just kind of how I can do it even today with everything that's on my plate is first and foremost, I have an amazing support system and I'm very lucky to have um, just childcare during the day um, with daycare, but then also a family that lives close by on both sides of our families um, that is willing to help out. Um, And so it is, you know, my daughter's at my parents today and it's very helpful. (laughs) So I really could not do, I I would not be able to do this without uh, their help, but um, you know, something else, Anita, that I do is I, I go to therapy and that has been a game changer for me as to just yeah. g- have time to myself to talk about, I, I get very overwhelmed very easily. And so with so much on my plate, it's bound to happen more often than that. And so going sure. to therapy has been a game changer for me to talk about what's on my plate. What am I working on? What am I dealing with? And my therapist will really help me come back down to earth and be like, you can't do it all. Um, even she'll say, you know, I know you want to do it all. I know you want to say yes to that project, but something else is going to have to give up. You're going to have to give up something else. And what is that going to be? So that's been something I've been working on that has helped me say no to something so that I can have a more seamless, you know, routine um, with my job, with my calligraphy business, with being a mom and all that. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks for sharing because I think that um, it's so important for us to be able to talk about all of the tools and the techniques Mm -hmm. that work um, because we don't know, right? What Mm -hmm. we see um, on social media or what we're seeing is just a surface level of what people are presenting, but each of us are living human beings and Mm -hmm. we need all of these things. So um, what are some of the things that have helped you in addition to to therapy to just kind of keep you grounded and sort of focus on what the priorities are? 
Yeah, definitely. So I think um, one of the things that I've I've started to do is I just I, I can't take life one day at a time because it's too busy, but I can I can settle with one week at a time. And so I just try to take a look at what's coming up on the calendar for this week. What are my priorities and what what can go to next week or the week after? And that has really helped me feel more in control with what is on my plate and my schedule. Um, and so I just kind of just take a look at it like that. I would very much get overwhelmed by, oh, I want to do this next month or this, you know, the holiday season's coming up. And there's definitely a time and place to forward think and plan for things like that. But right now in the season of my life, I can't, I can't do that. I have just too many things going on. And so if I can just focus at what's going on this week, what's the priority, what are things, you know, my family wants to do. Um, what's important for work, things like that. I feel much more in control. Um, Mm -hmm. And then kind of more of like long-term stuff is, you know, you really taught me the power of meditating and manifesting. And so I have, you know, a board back here, which is kind of the opposite of a a vision board where it's, it's, I hang up everything that I've accomplished that I have previously Mm -hmm. envisioned and manifested. So I have my first check from Louis Vuitton up there. And I have some work from Tiffany's. And I like to look at that and think this is all possible. Everything that I am trying to manifest for my life and my career is possible because I have proof of it. And it's right there. Um, And so I, you know, and we always talk about the vision board that you and I made together and how that that's over there too. And and everything came true. And I just really think that there's so much power in saying your goals out loud and telling people and, and, and not just, you know, thinking it, but writing it down and verbally saying, yeah, you know, next year you're going to see me at Dior because Dior is one of the clients I want to work with. And so I put it out there to the universe and, (laughs) but I also do things like going into Dior and and introducing myself. And so, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I love that idea of having a board that also reminds you, like mm-hmm. I said that this was something mm-hmm. that was important to me. I did the work, I took the courageous action and here's the result. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's so beautiful because like you said, you can't just create a board and leave it up there and not take the action, which yeah. feels uncomfortable. And yep. sometimes it's imperfect and it's tiny actions and the results, you know, are never a linear line, right? Yeah. But I have no doubt you're going to have the Dior channel very soon. <laughs> Thank so you. that is going to be amazing. And um, and yeah, like we talked about, as you said, the meditation and being able to mm-hmm. take control of our thoughts, but also that helps to create the clarity. Because mm-hmm. before you could even create the board, you have to know what you want. So mm-hmm. um, is that something that you do regularly with yourself now is just continuing as you accomplish these goals? And so many things have mm-hmm. happened already, including your family, your business, mm-hmm. all these things. How do you um, how do you continue to set new goals for yourself, but mm-hmm. ones that are st- still fit within the boundaries that you're setting in terms of what you're able to do at any given time? Yeah, absolutely. I think just when I think of or I see something and I think, oh, I, I really want to do that or Um, that is something I can do. I first take a look at how does that make me feel? Does it make me feel overwhelmed? Do I feel anxious Mm. about trying to accomplish that? If it, if it's making me feel that way, I take that as a sign that it's not, it's not a good fit for me right now. And something that maybe I can pursue later. Um, So, you know, I've, 
recently started offering engraving surfaces and this is a whole new area in my calligraphy business and I'm very excited about it but I knew that I could not just like launch into this and say I can do engraving and I'm a pro at this and I can be on site for it I really just thought okay this is something that interests interests me and I want to do it but I'm not going to allow myself to get too far into this where I'm overwhelmed and I've made mistakes that, you know, that are stressing me out. So now I just say, yeah, it's something I want to do. I'm going to start practicing and start putting it out on my portfolio and things like that. Now I've been doing this for a few months now. So now I am at that stage where I feel a lot more comfortable. I feel excited about it. I feel confident about it. And I'm, I'm able to put myself out there to make that a goal happen. Um, so that, you know, kind of just going with that gut feeling about something and just knowing that I, I can't say yes to everything and I don't have to do everything at once has right. been helpful. I love that. You don't have to do everything at once, but you can still continue to dream, mm-hmm. right? And still mm-hmm. continue to say, maybe not today, but someday mm-hmm. I'd like to do this. And um, so how do you practice your courage muscle? Because you talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, getting the courage to go in to Tiffany the first time. And then now you've got some other things that you're working on. So what do you do um, to continue to build that courage muscle up? So this is something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, because I am very much a victim of uh, imposter syndrome. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I will think, you know, why and why is someone hiring me to do this? Anyone could do this. And, and, and as I say those things out loud, I know that they're ridiculous. I know right. I'm very good at what I do. <laughs> I know I have a, a, a craft that I have practiced and skilled, but I'm still a victim of, of feeling that way sometimes. And I have recently started thinking, especially with engraving, I'm trying to learn about what to do and how these tools work. And so I challenge myself to think, well, what do I think the answer is? Like, why do I think this surface is not working for me? Why do I think my tool is not working the way I expect it to be before I even type it into Google or find a video Mm -hmm. on it? And when I'm challenging myself to think that way, I find that I'm always correct. Like, I know the answer. Mm -hmm. And that has really helped me realize I know more than I'm giving myself credit for. And that really helps push away the imposter syndrome. And that helps me feel more courageous when I put myself out there because I can, I, I go out there thinking I'm, I'm good at what I do and I'm, I'm the value I bring is worth, you know, um, the, the price that I charge and things like that and my time and my energy. Um, but if I, I need to remind myself that that is true by kind of challenging myself to think, okay, what do I think the answer is? What do I think the, the problem is here? Um, and if I can't find an answer to confirm that, I just go with my gut and I know, okay, this is probably, yes, this is probably the yeah. answer. So that has definitely helped me feel a little bit more courageous. Oh my God. That's huge. Many people always seek external answers and, yes. and, and it's so important to remind ourselves, like we've got this built-in intuition Mm-hmm. That gut feeling, the answers are within, and mm-hmm. it's just sometimes removing all the the gunk and the clutter and things that sort of keep us confused, right? So, yeah. um, I love that you validated for yourself that when you go within, that that uh, that you know what the answer is. Yeah, and I also try to think, you know, like who says one answer is the it, 
the end all and be all, you know, I, I, I think that because, you know, I hold my pen a certain way, or I'm using a certain ink. Yeah, you might find another calligrapher that'll say, "Uh, that's not what I would do. But that's okay. Good for them. Not for me. This is what works for me. And I'm obviously successful at it. And it's, it's, this is the path that I'm going to take. I don't need to put myself up on a pedestal saying that everyone else is wrong. And my way is right. If it's working for me, that's, that's great. I take, I, I teach calligraphy classes. And that's a question I get a lot is how should I be holding my pen? And I always mm-hmm. think, um, you know, I always tell people, just hold it however it feels comfortable for you. And I'm sure you, you'll take a calligraphy class with someone else. Yeah. And they'll say, No, 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 you have to hold it at an actual like 45 degree angle. And but I just say, you know, we're here to learn something new. This is, you're not going to become a professional tonight in one hour. You're not going to also retrain your wrist after, you know, 30, 40, 50 years of writing to yeah. write a different way. And so just do what works for you. It that's, it, you know, you're not trying to become a master penman in this class tonight. So let's just do what's comfortable and go with that. And we'll move on from there. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's wonderful advice for yourself when you feel the imposter syndrome starting to creep mm-hmm. up because we all do. And that's mm-hmm. one thing I share with all my coaching clients is there's no one who, who doesn't suffer from imposter syndrome. I actually heard on a podcast once and I, I can't remember who said it to give mm-hmm. them credit. They said the only people who don't suffer from imposter syndrome are sociopaths. Yeah, like, right. So if, if you don't, you know, we can feel confident that we are good at something. We can feel confident that we've done something before. Doesn't mean that you don't still have some version of imposter syndrome. And you know what? The courage is actually saying, I know I feel a little bit scared, even though I've done this before and I'm going to do it anyway. And it might not Mm -hmm. be perfect and that's okay. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's one of those things that just maybe sometimes gets a little bit easier with practice, but may never really go away fully. Yes. Yeah. I never would have launched a podcast if I felt like I had it to write like anything to, to be perfect Mm because there's so many out there. So, Mm -hmm. um, how do you cultivate creativity uh, as a young mom with, Mm Uh, Mackenzie, your daughter, mm-hmm. who is definitely an influencer, <laughs> I will say. <laughs> She's hilarious. <laughs> she is, oh man, Mackenzie is very, she's fiercely, fiercely independent. And I love that for her. Sometimes it is a struggle for me, but I love that for her. And she loves art and making things as much as I do. So that just, mm-hmm. man, that makes me so happy. So um, we will just color after dinner. We have, I have a room where there's markers and crayons and paper that's at her level that she can get to. And I just encourage her to make things and we'll hang it up and we just have her art everywhere. And she'll say, I made that. And I'll say, yes, you did. (laughs) You know, she's just so proud of it. And um, just even doodling on like a napkin or something is, is fun. And just helping her understand that she can, put something out into the world that is uniquely her. Um, And she's at that age where she doesn't know, you know, she's not questioning if it's good or not. Mm, You know, she's not questioning why, uh, you know, someone else's looks different than hers. And she's just excited to make something and have that crayon in her hand and, and show me what she's made or ask me to draw something. And that is just, that fills me up 
in more ways than one because I'm ex I'm glad that I'm exercising this creativity with her, but it's so fun to watch it through her eyes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad. And mm -hmm. um, and then you said that you were expecting so yes. uh, a new one. So when is uh, the new baby due? Yeah, well, we are having a baby boy, and he's oh. due um, in early March. So we're very excited. Uh, Mackenzie would thrive as an only child, I'm sure. So right now we are we are talking about sharing and that we're going to have a new baby. And, you know, she's not there yet, but we have some time. So um, yes, of yeah. course. So that's so exciting. Um, so what would you tell someone who maybe has mm -hmm. been thinking about starting a side hustle or mm -hmm. dabbling in taking a creative interest and just seeing if they're, if they're able to continue to maintain, you know, their job and do something mm -hmm. different. What would, what advice would you give to folks who maybe have reservations or feel like you have to choose between starting a business and staying yeah. in a career? Yeah, absolutely. I would say, go ahead and buy that domain, create that Instagram profile, do what, open that Etsy shop, whatever it is, but don't, think that you have to make a sale or book a client on day one. Just yeah. put yourself out there. The hardest part is getting over that that vulnerability or and not getting over it, but just yeah. going into it and knowing it's okay to feel uncomfortable. But if you have that added stress on top of you of, oh, well, I also need to make a sale. Otherwise, I'm not right. good at this. Um, right. That's not helpful. And you're you're sure to just kind of collapse, you know, along the way, your business as well. So I would say, you know, make that profile or that portfolio and just start putting yourself out there. And this is something I'm doing. You know, this is a painting I recently made, or this, these are the paints I bought, or this is the quilt I made. Um, and just putting it out there without a goal of having a sale tied to it. I think that's, that's the best advice I would give is just to get comfortable with that uncomfortableness of being new and raw and vulnerable. And then over time, you'll perfect your skills as you practice more, and then you'll feel more confident and ready to start making sales or booking clients. Oh, my, such great advice, right? It's taking those mm -hmm. small daily actions, pushing through being courageous, even when you're terrified, mm -hmm. all of it. But I love the advice of just start taking action, just start mm -hmm. to experiment, see if you like it. And without the added pressure of having to make yeah. a certain amount of money right away. And, uh, and you for now, you've been doing it for six years, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What yep. a beautiful yeah. evolution. Amazing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's great. And having the ability to, you know, I'm still in the corporate world and I, I love my job and I love the people I work with and have this other outlet that, you know, it's taken six years for me to figure out how to balance both of them. Um, but I'm at the point now where I, I can successfully contribute to both of them. And it's, it just is the best, the best um, scenario for our family right now. So what that's, that's been really great and been able to kind of fill my cup up on the creative side and then fill it up on the marketing and analytical side. So exciting. So is there anything else personally or professionally that you're looking forward to either maybe mm -hmm. towards the end of this year or the next upcoming year? Yeah, uh, the holiday season is very, very um, busy for calligraphy. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to um, booking some more clients and being in stores. Um, and I, I do love doing the ornaments. So I have a few of those mm -hmm. um, jobs already booked up. So that's what I'm most excited about. And, and then just kind of starting this new year, knowing that we'll have this new baby soon and um, what this next chapter looks like for us. 
So exciting. I've just loved watching everything, your transformation, your evolution, and it's, it's so wonderful. And it doesn't just happen. It's all the great work that you've put into it. So I have a question I ask all of my podcast guests, which is, um, it's based on the title of the podcast, Live the Width Mm -hmm. of Your Life by Diane Ackerman. So what does it mean to you, Brenna, to live the width of your life? And how are you doing that in your own life? Mm -hmm. So I think my answer for that is definitely different than what it would have been before I had Mackenzie. Um, But now that she is my main priority, I live my life through her eyes. And so now my life is not, you know, before Mackenzie, my life was very linear in in terms of my timeline. What am I, when am I going to get married? When am I going to do this? What's the next milestone? Check, check, check off this linear timeline. Now I just take it one day at a time and I'm trying to understand how is Mackenzie perceiving her world and how Mm -hmm. am I affecting that and impacting that? One thing we do every night as a family is we talk about what fun things did we do today? And it could be something like, you know, we had breakfast for dinner and that was fun, but I try to look at it through her eyes. And if I can just make sure that I am creating and inviting opportunities to have fun. Um, and, and a lot of the times that's very creative and art-based for me, because that's what I know how to do. But (laughs) when I look at it through her eyes of that way, I'm just a happier person because I'm having fun and I'm not, I'm not tying it to a goal or a project or an achievement or time, you know, this timeline. Um, and I'm, I'm better at my job, both with the bank and with calligraphy. I'm a better wife, sister, friend, daughter. So, um, yeah, I, I think living the width of my life is just knowing that I can see the world through her eyes and I'm looking out for opportunities that I may have been blind to because I was just very much focused on a a certain task or an achievement on my timeline. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And I love this idea of seeing it through the child's eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're so curious and, Mm -hmm. uh, and seeing things in a brand new way. So what are some of the ways that we can best support you for folks that are listening and they're suddenly very curious about all the services that you provide? Where can we follow you and how can we support you? Awesome. Thank you. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram. It's Brenna Claire Calligraphy. And then my website is also Brenna Claire Calligraphy.com. So mostly on Instagram, trying to make those reels, man, those are hard. Those, those take up a lot of time, but, which is funny. I work in social media, but I, you know, trying to show up on there, but uh, my website, you can see more of my work and uh, also get in touch with me through my website there. Oh, excellent. We will be sure to include all of that in the show notes. So if you want to get a hold of Brenna and maybe start thinking about the holiday gift shopping, now's a great time to do that. And uh, Dior, if anyone's listening, maybe uh, be on the lookout. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Brenna, for joining today. I'm just, um, I'm just so thrilled just to see all the amazing, wonderful things that you have manifested in your life through the work and the intention that you have done and so grateful to call you a friend. So thank you. And, um, I look forward to your continued success. Thank you so much, Anita. You're welcome. And if you guys liked today's episode, please subscribe. Um, also share it with a friend or many friends and who found this session um, inspiring and uh, join us next week. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to today's episode. I appreciate you being here so much. Make sure you subscribe because every week you'll hear stories from people just like you. I hope you'll be inspired to dream again, to break out of your comfort zones, to create more joy and mindfulness and live the life that you always wanted to live. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends and family and leave a review. It would mean so much to me. Have an amazing day.